Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. What's up, Veritas? This is Michael. Welcome to our equipping podcast. I'm here today with Chris Henley, the one and only. Like, which, if I say one and only, is there like, what if it was like Chris Henley, the number two or number three person? Like, you, isn't everybody a one and only? I, th- I think you're a one and only, but if you look, you can actually find online like how common your name is and how popular it is first and last combined. And there are like three or four other Chris Henley. So they just spell it wrong. So <laughs> I am the wrong. one and the one only. that spells it right. Yes. There you go. All right. So Chris is over uh, worship arts at our church. And so we'll talk about that in a second, but this is our second episode in a series where we are trying to give you guys at Veritas some ministry updates, kind of help you understand what we're about in each kind of different department that we have from the ministry side, not just the ministry support side, but the actual ministry side. And we want you to understand how do we approach ministry in those areas. But then more than that, we want to give you information that helps you pray for us Mm. because we know that we have to be dependent upon the Lord to do ministry, not just us as staff, but everybody involved at Veritas. We need the Lord. So um, that's what we're, that's what our hope is in this series of podcasts. So, Chris, before we jump into worship arts, uh, one of the things we like to do is talk about things that we've been loving and learning. So what's something that you've been loving lately? Great question. I hate to take it to uh, home right away, but we're in this sweet season of life where Stacy's off work right now with school. She's a teacher, so we have the summer, and our kids are at an age where Henry and Graceland are older too. I can take to the pool, and they can not drown <laughs> if that makes sense oh yes very so, much so yeah so they can uh they can run around in the water and i can take them into the deep end they jump off the side and i help them swim back so home is a sweet sweet time right now and then isla our our new baby girl she's just turned a year a little bit ago and so i feel like we're in a season where we just get to watch her discover and see all this new stuff and laugh while she you know, her personality comes out and it's just, it's a joy. So I've been loving home. Yeah. Um, so, and give us the ages of your kids again. Yeah. So Isla's one, Henry's going to be turning five in August. So he's four now math checks out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Graceland is six. So, okay. all right. And how long have you and Stacy been married? We just celebrated on the 20th of July, our 10th year. That's of awesome. Yes. 13 years together. And yeah, we were doing the math and we're like, oh my goodness, we've basically like, we didn't go to school together until college. So, but we've grown up together in so many ways from 19 years old to 32. I know for some that's old, for some that's young. Um, I don't know what I feel about it, but I can tell you, um, walking alongside Stacy and seeing her grow in her godliness and her devotion to Jesus and then the ways that she's served every church and every place we've ever been has just been a joy. So yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. All right. So uh, what's something you've been learning lately? Yeah. Learning. So I would say one of the biggest things I'm learning, uh, and I say I'm learning it. I'm not even close to understanding the beginning of it, but I want to please God 
before I please others. Mm-hmm. And I've my whole life been a, a people pleaser trying to do say yes to everything. And, and then, you know, people end up getting hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my family gets hurt or, or people that I've made commitments to, they don't get what I said yes to. Yeah. And so um, I really want to grow in maturity and like steadiness in who I am. Um, I want to be dependable and responsible and all those things. And I think approaching it from that vantage point, I want to please God before I please others is the only way. And totally. it's funny that I'm this far into life and you're not that far into life. Chris. Yeah. You have no gray hair. If if I didn't have a hat on while doing this podcast right now, you'd see you can or maybe you're like you can still see lots of I mean, of gray hair there. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot there. I just I just went over the hill this summer, guys. Yeah. Over the hill. Over What's the it look hill. like on the other side? Or is like the weather different? All downhill. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, hit 40 this summer. Anyway, so yeah, you're on the you're on the young side, yeah. Chris. Yeah. Um the fact that you're learning that now, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That that you want to honor the Lord mm-hmm. and not just uh, please people is sweet. So, yeah. um, all right. So you get the opportunity, the privilege to oversee direct worship arts here at Veritas. What do we mean by worship arts? Yeah, that's a great question. And you nailed it. Privilege is an understatement. I think anybody that's in ministry should hopefully have the same joy that we do, that this is what we do for a living. Um, wow. Uh, it's unbelievable. So I uh, consider myself very, very fortunate, blessed to have the opportunity to do this. But we talk about worship arts. We talk about... Privileged to do podcast, uh, Veritas podcast, right? That's, yes. Okay. Yes. The, I was not talking about work. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I have. I now have a platform through which I can share every crazy thought I've ever had. Michael's <laughs> trembling in his seat right now because he knows. Um, the platform is not very tall. I can just tell you that right now. <laughs> Oh, yep. All right, so worship arts, worship arts. <laughs> For you that are listening right now, we love you. Okay. Um, worship arts. Uh, when we talk about worship arts, what we what we mean isn't just music. It's not just the things that you see on Sunday. It's actually the culmination, what I would say, of like the creative voice of Veritas as well as our response uh, to who God is and what he's done for mm-hmm. us through um, different art forms. Now, uh, they are primarily um, seen through the mediums of music or spoken word, uh, some videos that we've done in the past, that kind of stuff. But uh, what I want or what I consider myself uh, uh, like overseeing and coaching and cheerleading and leading people in is their personal response to who God is and what he's done for them and me, all of us, um, in, in many ways. So, Worship arts, worship is not just a Sunday thing. It's it's a lifestyle. So I want to encourage others to see everything that they do through the lens of a response to who God is and what he's done. And I say that a ton. I say You've heard me say it already a bunch, who God is and what he's done. Because my view of God, or the view I think we all should have, the Bible clearly says that God is holy, set apart, great, awesome, just something we can't fully comprehend. So if God's character is as such, what then his creation should we respond like? And so um, singing is commanded in scripture, um, playing instruments, all that kind of stuff. But so is personal devotion and quiet times and and worship in the word and prayer. And so um, worship arts, specifically at Veritas, what I oversee, the logistics of helping Sundays happen and uh, planning sets, the songs that we do, the song library, the diet of that, and then shepherding and walking alongside our volunteers that are on the worship team as well. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I, I like to say all that stuff on the front because that's where my heart, my passion is. And then you get to see it play out through the things that I actually facilitate and help make happen. Totally. Yeah. And I think one thing Veritas, we are, we talk about as a staff all the time and it, it just plays right into Chris's role in worship arts is you guys sing phenomenally. Yes. You're so yes. loud when you sing, you're so passionate when you sing. So, I mean, the fact that Chris can step away from the microphone mm-hmm. or any of our worship leaders step away from the microphone and like there's no need for anybody to be on the microphone because right. you guys are so loud. Yep. Um, I think we've shared this story before, but one, I don't, Chris, you could correct yeah. me. There was a, there was a time when uh, we were kind of measuring decibel levels because we do that all the time. Yeah. Um, and the voice of the, the crowd was actually louder than the instruments on stage. Is that right? Yeah. So we monitor our decibels so that anytime if we have someone say, hey, how loud was that? That kind of stuff. Just to monitor and make sure that we're not hurting anybody's ears, sure. that kind of stuff. And we were recording the night of worship. And there was a moment where uh, we looked back at the, the peaks and we actually went over what we're like what we're comfortable going over. And so we, we looked back at the recording of it and we found that it wasn't the PA and everything being put through the speakers. It was actually the congregation and how loud they were singing at the time. Mm. And so like we have, I, it, to explain it is a little bit weird, but we've got all these microphones on stage that we're trying to capture sound from the instrument and then put it through our, our system. And we were finding the voices of the congregation in the kick drum mic in the snare drum mic, which is the furthest away. And in pickups that are electronic, so like my guitar pickup picks up like magnetic and electronic things. Now someone who knows what they're talking about is going to say, Chris doesn't know what he's talking about because sure. I don't. But Yeah, but every other person listening to this has no clue. It's like, <laughs> man, Chris is really smart about this stuff because we but, have no idea. Yeah, that's right. My acoustic guitar actually picked up some of the congregation singing. So it's, it was just wild. Um, but that's a testament to the culture that has been set up by so many faithful people coming and being authentic, vulnerable, and real in their worship and in their response. Sure, yeah. This sweet, sweet thing. So thanks, Veritas, for that. Um, All right, so over the course of the past year, uh, we kind of set goals and focuses for each department. What were some of those things that you were trying to go after over the course of last year, and uh, how have you seen God at work in that? That's a great question. So I actually started at Veritas, as many of you might remember, in COVID season. So my first Sunday ever at Veritas was to help film a service for, for, um, our live stream, excuse me. And, uh, so ironically, uh, ministry was weird, uh, for a long time, right? We, we said, Hey, we're going to put all these plans down. And then we just, yeah, did what we could do. So I feel like I got my first full calendar year of ministry last year. Mm. Um, and that was my second year. So we sat down and said, all right, we have all these processes and these plans that you've been kind of building and trying to refine and shape so that we can have measures or things to point back to as we implement strategies and all that kind of stuff. So processes were formed. And then last year it was really like, all right, now we have these processes and these things, let's put them to practice. Mm-hmm. So it was really trying to get all of the things that we could form and um, kind of systematize during COVID, putting those into practice so that the, yeah. they actually impacted how we do what we do. Yeah, so, I think I would, one of the ways that I've heard that kind of clarified is what was intuitive, kind of like just 
we just did this because we know it. we actually made it intentional. Yes. So that it could be replicated later on, and thankful, and that kind of leads into uh, us planting new churches and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, how have you seen God work even in those processes and systems over the course of the last year? Yeah, uh, it wasn't something that I anticipated like having a ton of fruit from, sure. just because it wasn't a ton of. I was being relational and meeting with people and all that stuff. But when totally. I, when I look at just the actual putting those processes into practice, I wasn't anticipating there being like stories of how God would work through this, but it's funny because what's come from those practices and those processes that we've, we've started doing is a more consistent, um, relevancy in the song choices that we have, uh, from like the teaching and the text that we're going through and then the songs we sing together on a Sunday. And I've had more people come up to me and talk to me about how coming out of the teaching and singing these songs, it's like, God must've known like what I needed to hear in this moment. It's like, yes, God did know. Um, and we believe that in planning, God can move. And in totally, <laughs> yeah, cause as, we actually communicate with each other as staff members, <laughs> as the person yeah. preaching and the person leading yes. worship, we communicate. Yes, we do. We do. Even though, uh, sometimes, uh, like I might be late in turning <laughs> no, something no. into you. <laughs> oh no, we won't go through who's late on returning stuff. Cause everyone that ever has worked with me knows that I'm very punctual. So, um, I'm never late at anything. Lots of sarcasm. Yeah. In this Lots thing. of sarcasm. But, uh, so yeah, we, we communicate, we talk, we say, what's the goal of the service and this, in, in this, this teaching and all that. So we actually don't just throw songs into a planning center. Um, sure. in fact, we start our planning center, planning center. Great question is the nifty tool that we use online for volunteer management, essentially, and how we like our entire database of music and songs and everything that goes along with that is in there sure. and then the people scheduling all that kind of stuff so it's like a worship nerds uh, bingo like sandbox yes plan. yes it is it is and so uh we start way before that scheduling bands by saying all right we know what the series is going to be we know what the text will be what are we trying to accomplish and what do we want our congregation to be doing and in their response so uh those processes as we implemented them we started to see more and more consistency between mm -hmm the things that we were communicating on a Sunday morning, which is obviously important. And it, it taught me even more so that uh, worship in our response, some people might say that like we have it all planned out. Um, you can look at planning center, you can see every step and we don't have a ton of spontaneity or maybe we don't have a lot of flexibility. But what I found is we actually have more um, spirit filled in my opinion, uh, obviously I can't judge everyone's heart, but sure. in my opinion, what I see is a more spirit filled, um, engagement and response when we are very, very, um, coordinated in our efforts to, to make consistency and relevancy happen. Sure. Does, yeah. does that make I mean, sense? Yeah, totally. Because the spirit can work. You're going like, to say what I wanted to say uh, yeah, better. <laughs> no, no, not at all. The spirit can work not only in, on a Sunday morning, for sure, there's there's plenty of room for the Spirit to work. The same Holy Spirit is working in all of our preparation in our hearts as yes. well. Yes. And so, all right, so we've tried to make things more intentional mm -hmm. in our processes and systems with worship. and But now we have um, introduced a, a new campus, Veritas Urbana started up mm -hmm. uh, late April, early May, so a few months in now. Um, 
but you're kind of overseeing worship at two places Mm -hmm. and they're not super close. (laughs) And so you can't be in two places at once. So that has kind of shifted the focus for this next year. So what is your focus over the course of the next ministry year? Yeah, my focus for this next year is to serve two locations well. And I think what I like about these year focuses, you know, I said before, putting processes to practice and then now serving two locations well. It's a simple statement that actually represents a lot of work and a lot of intention and a lot of little sub points. Uh, but it's so easy to say that little phrase and, and, and remind yourself as you're going throughout like your work, like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be serving two locations well. So that means this. Um, so I really appreciate that we use that kind of language. Um, and it might sound simple, but what I found is, yeah, you can have all the processes you want, <laughs> but the reality is God is going to move in ways that you totally. just respond to. So, uh, open up doors for us to be in Urbana. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful opportunity for us to go and share the gospel. And what I've found is that, uh, the processes that we put in place apply and are helpful in Urbana as well. So it does help for with consistency and making sure that we're doing our best to have consistency from Cedar Rapids venue to Urbana venue. But what's, what's neat is that the people in Urbana sing with the same mm-hmm. tenacity that the people in Cedar Rapids do. And so um, we see sets being planned the same way. We see uh, similar songs being done, similar folks. Uh, right now we have a couple of people from Urbana who have actually auditioned and are going to be jumping on the team, but it's primarily a lot of Cedar Rapids people coming for, for this season. And so you see a similar culture forming in Urbana because of the processes that we put in place. And it's not because of that, sure, right? Totally. It's the spirit at work. It's God at work through his people that, leads to this culture being spread. And so now we, we have this beautiful picture of a multi-congregational or multi-site church where people are worshiping to uh, similar songs, but every set is being planned for the same purpose, and that's for Christ-exalting worship to happen, sure. <laughs> for Christ-exalting worship to be the goal and, and the focus because we want everybody at Veritas to see God clearly and be focused on him, not us. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I can't imagine, and I know just from conversations with you, that uh, serving two locations, I can't imagine it being super easy, Mm. right? Um, Because you're just trying to, again, you can't be in two places at once, but we're trying to help a a new congregation, a young congregation, ultimately want to see them thrive without um, without Cedar Rapids needing to come up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just, we're just a supporting congregation right now, glad to help and, and love that. Yeah. But what are some things that our church can be praying uh, for mm-hmm. when it comes to worship arts, the teams, those kind of things over the next mm-hmm. year? Yeah, I think the, the, the first prayer that I would say I would want everybody to be praying would be that our church would continue to be a singing church, mm-hmm. regardless of venue. Um, but the that the name Veritas would be associated with people who are on fire for God, mm-hmm. right? That that would be my first prayer. Um, I want to tell a quick story. It'll be fast. But when I was applying for this job and um, ended up getting offered the job, I remember telling a group of friends from another part in the state, um, in the southwest side, and, and they were not in the SALT network. They had never really, like, 
I don't think they had personally attended a salt church either. And I remember saying, Hey, uh, I was, I was offered this job and, and I'm going to accept it. I'm really excited for it. And there's this gal in this group who looked at me and said, Chris, those people love Jesus. And I remember just being like, what, how do you, and she's like, I've heard people talk about Cedar Rapids Veritas and they love Jesus. And I'm like, that's a church I want to be a part of a church where it doesn't matter if it's Veritas, it's a group of people known by their love for Jesus. For sure. Come on. Right. So anyway, um, that being said, um, I would love for, (laughs) for that to be the case for the entire time that, uh, Veritas exists for it to be a church that is in love with Jesus. So pray for that. Um, it is hard to be in two locations at once. You can't do it. So um, pray for people to um, step into leadership. And um, I would say we have people in our pipeline or people that are in our, our ministry that are unbelievably talented mm-hmm. and some of the most high capacity people I know. We're seeing lay people go up to Urbana and lead with very little help from Cedar Rapids. And when I say lead, what I mean is they're giving up uh, time with their family to go and be a part of what's happening in Urbana because they love Jesus, not because we forced them to. Uh, we didn't double their pay or anything like that. I'm making terrible jokes. We did horrible. double their pay from zero to zero. <laughs> Bad Multiply dad jokes. anything by zero. Yeah, so okay. if it, the 1002 prayer that we have uh, as a church in the SALT Network uh, that that – we know that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, and we need people to to rise to the occasion. Luke yeah. ten o two. Um, so that would be another prayer. Um, I think the the thing if if we step back from some of those like big high high view sure. um, prayers, I think uh, I pray for uh, my own heart as I, I lead to continue to be uh, about pleasing God. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just want to be known as someone who like genuinely in everything pleases God. Sure. And uh, not to say that I think any of us will ever get there like fully, right? Sanctification won't be complete until Jesus is back or we're glorified in in death. And so um, the reality is we all have a long way to go, but I want to, as much as I can, lead people to worship and be a pace setter in in pleasing God and not being worried about the opinion of man. Totally. One of the things we often talk about is like ministering out of the overflow. Like we want to minister to others out of the overflow. I would say that same thing applies to worship. Like we want to worship from the overflow of what the Lord's doing in our own hearts. And so Veritas, we would just encourage that you continue to pray that like all that the Lord's doing in every person's heart at Veritas would just overflow in the way that we sing, the way that we praise, the way that we worship with all of our lives, not just on a Sunday morning, but in everything, that we would be obedient, abide in Jesus. And as we do that, other people would say, those Veritas people, they love Jesus. And Jesus is amazing, must be amazing, because they are radically different because of Jesus. That's our hope, Veritas. So uh, Chris, thanks for joining us today. Super thankful for to have you here. Uh, at Veritas. You've been a tremendous blessing to our church. And um, Veritas, if you see Chris around, give him a give, give him a thank you for all that he's done. Thank his teams uh, that he's um, that he's serving as well and that they're serving our church. So uh, thanks so much for listening today. Uh, 
we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line.